That will be something, won't it? Cares all past to be home at last. Look on the face of the Lord Jesus. I've had to admit to him in prayer, you know, Lord, all my redeemed life, I've looked forward to seeing you. And I still do. Well, Lord, after I spend a little time with you, I want you to show me where Waverly is. (laughs) I want to see her as well. And bless God, I will and you will see those that have gone before us. What a day that will be. Well, our text is Acts chapter 8, 25 through 40. This is the record of the conversion of a soul unto faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and particularly an Ethiopian eunuch. Acts chapter 8, 25 through 40. We'll read our text in a moment, but I want to go back just a little bit for, as an introduction to the verses prior to this, just to get a little bit of insight to what's been happening down through the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, the disciples then asked the Lord, are you going to establish the king, kingdom now? Because they, everybody's looking for this kingdom now thing. People still preaching the kingdom now thing. And Jesus said, no, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons, which are the Father's putting in his own power. But, verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And then in moving into chapter 8, we find there that persecution intensely um, afflicted the church there in Jerusalem, the believers in Christ. And they were scattered everywhere. Fourth verse of chapter 8 says, Therefore they were scattered abroad, and they went everywhere preaching the word of God. I believe that persecution unto scattering was a divine stroke to get them out of Dodge (laughs) to spread the gospel, because that's exactly what they did. And then the fifth verse of chapter 8 says, Philip went down to Samaria. Part of this persecution, getting out of Jerusalem, went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now, we would say, well, well, I've gone down to Houston or up to Oklahoma City or something like that. Over there, if you're in Jerusalem, if you went anywhere, you went down because it's up. And, of course, this was the holy city and where the temple was and all of that. But Samaria was actually 42 miles north of Jerusalem, but that's where Philip went. The Samaritans were despised by the Jews. Uh, first of all, there's a lot of intermarriage with the Gentile expatriates from other captive lands that had been brought in there. And then, as the Lord had warned, you know, here's this problem with getting involved with these that are not Israelites, not seekers of the one true God of Israel. You get caught up in idolatrous practices. So they were intermarried with uh, Gentile expatriates and they became idolatrous because they began to worship the imported Gentile gods as a result of that. But in eight, chapter 8, verse 12, it says this that many 
Samaritans believed and were baptized. So now they're finishing up their ministry there now. And they're going back. Many believers have been saved, baptized. Philip started back to Jerusalem, among others. Along the way, continuing to preach the gospel, all the Samaritan villages. I stress that because, as I just see it, this Samaritan crusade, so to speak, was the first movement outside of a purely Jewish church. The church in Jerusalem was Jewish in its constituency, mixed in with some proselytes to Judaism. But here we're going into an area that's filled with idolatrous worship and all kinds of stuff. So I believe this was the first movement of Christianity, first evangelistic crusade outside of a purely Jewish church. So let's look at our text. Acts chapter 8, verse 25. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, and a Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem for to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said, unto Philip, go nearer and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him in the chariot. The place of the scripture which he read was this. It's taken from Isaiah chapter 53. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And you, you said to Philip, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some of other men? Then Philip opened his mouth. I love this verse. Philip opened his mouth. And began at that same scripture and preached to him, unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went out of his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Asotus, was passing through as he preached all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's pray together. Father, we love your word. And just reading your word is... Proclamation of the gospel is preaching. Where the challenge comes, Father, is when some mortal 
person, some redeemed person stands to proclaim your word, to expound upon your word. Father, I surrender to you for thy name's sake, for your purpose, according to your will, to do whatever that is as we work through this text. Will of God be done. Spirit of God, wear me like a garment. We love you, Father. And we're grateful for this opportunity to study that blessed word together. So we surrender ourselves to you completely. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, first of all, there was divine direction for a disciple of the Lord Jesus, Philip. Divine direction. The angel told him, go down into the way that goeth from Jerusalem unto Gaza. By the way, which is desert. Philip was obedient. He got up and he went. Have you ever had divine direction in your life where the Lord told you to do something? And you knew it was the Lord? First question. Second question, did you do it? You know something I found at my walking with the Lord through these years now? There have been times the Lord laid in my heart and answered a prayer, something clear to me about this or that. And I'm thinking, oh boy. Lord, I want to make sure that my flesh is not getting confused. Would you say that to me again? Would you impress on my soul again that? And you know what he did? Nothing. Nothing. Most of the times there was never any word of instruction. It's like the Lord said, son, I told you one time. Don't be like a teenage Christian with me. Get up and go. (laughs) What I tell you the first time. Have you had divine direction in your life? Did you follow it? May not make sense at the time. You know, this didn't make a lot of sense, earthly speaking. Here they are in Samaria. It's been a very fertile ground for preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of these Samaritans had come to Christ, to faith in Christ as Savior, and had been baptized. It was a well-populated area. And they're still preaching on the way back to Jerusalem because there's all these little Samaritan villages around there. And this angel said to Philip, go south on this road down there, which is desert. And that makes a lot of sense, earthly speaking. Lord, you want me to leave this well-populated area and people are responding to the gospel? You would go down to the desert? You'd want to say, well, why, Lord? Are you sure about that? What did he do? He got up and went down there. He got up and went down there. Many, many years ago now, it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time when the Lord led me, led Waverly and I, to move our family to Lindendale, Texas. First of all, I'd never been there. That I remembered. Maybe I'd passed through there when I used to have to travel a lot. But the Lord made it clear and confirmed it. So we did it. And then after we got unpacked, he revealed why we were there. Pretty exciting time. So when the Lord gives us a divine direction, you say, well, how do I know it's the Lord? 
Well, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you're walking along with him daily in the fellowship of his word and prayer, you'll know him when he speaks to you. If you're living out in left field spiritually, you know, you got all these fleshly issues that are hindering your walk with him. You don't have that sensitivity to the spirit. But the spirit intends to communicate with the children of God uniquely and individually because the will of God for each of us, you and I, the Father, orchestrating the entire universe has a specific unique will for you and I to serve him and bring him glory throughout the rest of our earthly sojourn. So Philip got up and went. Two roads down from leading south from Jerusalem. One goes down through Hebron toward Edom and the other not a lot of roads over there in that area because of the desert. The other, joining the coastal road before Gaza, headed down toward Egypt. And that's that latter road that's in question here. This Ethiopian eunuch is going south now, back down to Ethiopia. So there's divine direction from, to Philip by the angel Lord. Go here, this, this area. And so he rose and went, verse 27. Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch. A great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopia. He had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Now that's a long way. This is not modern day Ethiopia, by the way. It's ancient Nubia. It's down in the south there near the capital of Sudan, down in that area. But it's a long way. Can you imagine that long way via chariot to come all the way up to Jerusalem to worship? It's an interesting thing I, I found. Uh, this Ethiopia or ancient Nubia was figured in Mediterranean legends in mythological geography as the very end of the earth. Now, it really doesn't have a lot of things, a lot to do with scripture, what the mythologist said. But it's interesting that they considered that, well, that's the end of the earth way down there. Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power, and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost part of the earth. Here's a dude from the uttermost part of the earth, as I knew it at that time, way down south. I don't know how long that journey would take. It'd be a long, long journey. He was a Cushite, descendant of Cush. By the way, Deuteronomy 21, 23 and 1, the Jewish law prohibited eunuchs from entering the Lord's assembly. But he was returning in his chariot, sitting and reading Isaiah the prophet. Maybe Isaiah was his favorite book because of a particular text there. You say, well, the earthly side, that's a, that's, you know, you've got favorite books in the Bible you like to read. You'd probably read them more than the rest. Most of you probably didn't do your devotional this morning out of Leviticus. So we understand that from man's perspective. He was reading in the book of Isaiah. But in Isaiah, there's a particular predicted, bless, predicted blessings for him and foreigners. Neither let the, this is Isaiah 56, 3 through 5. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. 
For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths, that choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Maybe that's why he liked to read Isaiah. That's what was going on on planet Earth. But on, in heaven, this is a planned, structured, coordinated event. A man on the road, a disciple going there because he was told to go there. And he was reading Isaiah. What else can be said about this, though? This Ethiopian eunuch was seeking truth. The scripture says, those who seek the Lord shall find him. This guy was seeking the Lord. Now, I don't know how many of you would get in a horse and chariot and go to Chicago to hear an evangelistic meeting today. (laughs) But this guy traveled a long way. He was seeking the Lord. Great effort, great distance. And he'd been there to worship. And now he's going back home. On the same road he came up on. Physically, and on the same road spiritually as he went upon. John 3 says, Except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. This man was a seeker, but he was not yet a consummated finder, so to speak, searching the scriptures. He was reading aloud as a custom. Maybe he's reading loudly enough that all his entourage could hear him read the book of Isaiah. Verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb dumb before his shearers. And he opened not his mouth. It's so intriguing, really, that all this is happening and we're seeing it from outside. It's like watching something, you know, and we know what the next scene is going to be. And we know what it's going to be because we've got the text. He was clueless. He had no idea. He was completely unaware that that particular moment in his life on the way home after being up there to worship, reading the book of Isaiah, he was right on schedule for the salvation of his soul because a God in heaven had said, this is one of my elect. And he's going to be saved today. If you've ever been saved, that's what happened in your life too. This guy, this lady is one of mine. I've named him to give him to my son before the foundation of the earth. And today is the day of their salvation. If you hadn't had a day like that, we need to talk. We need to talk to someone. Particularly, we need to talk to the Lord. You know, it's the same orchestration, think about it, that had the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on a well in Samaria. And here's this woman that came to the well at the only time in recorded human history that the Lord of glory was sitting on the well. And she came. And she saw. And she heard. And she was convinced and ran it down. It's not this the Christ. Is not this the Christ? He's out there on the well. What happened then? The town went to the well. Divine orchestration of human 
affairs and events. So he's in a chosen spot, reading a chosen passage, about to experience a divine encounter. What is a divine encounter? A divine encounter is an experience that takes place on earth that has been planned in heaven. That's it. Takes place here, planned there. Again, you ever had one of those divine encounters? Maybe it was your conversion. Maybe there's, hopefully, those times afterwards when he's guiding in, directing you through things. Divine encounters. Lord loves his children enough to communicate with them. I had a lady in my first pastor that said, Pastor Ray, the Lord never communicates with me. And, and she, she seemed to be a godly woman, I believe. She's a wonderful lady. She and her husband both. And I talked to her. I said, about assurance of salvation. She seemed, you know, said, the Lord never talks to me. Never, you know. I don't, I don't know. I'm no one's judge. But I will say this to you. If you seek the Lord in His Word daily and in prayer daily, the Lord is going to move in your spirit and the Spirit of God is going to direct you along life's highway because it's important how you go down life's highway to the Lord. He's going to communicate. So now here's more divine direction for Philip. You know why he gets more divine direction? Because he obeyed the first direction. The angel said, go down there. Now the spirit says, go join yourself to this chariot. You see, that's what a prerequisite for the second level of instruction is we obey the first word of instruction. And he obeyed the first word of instruction. He gets the second word of instruction and he goes down faithfully and joins himself. Go near and join thyself, verse 29, to this chariot. Philip ran thither and heard him and read the prophet Isaiah, he asked a simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? 31, the eunuch said, how can I except some man should guide me? Won't you come up here and sit with me in my chariot? Help me understand. Acts 8, 34 tells us, the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of him or someone else. In that verse 8, 35, Jesus, Philip opened his mouth and began at that scripture and immediately began to preach Jesus and him, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The same thing was said of Charles Spurgeon. Whatever scripture he landed on, he made a beeline to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. From that verse. God help us all to do that. Back in Acts, over in Acts 1348, there's this as as many as were ordained to life believed. You know what about this eunuch? We know this even before he in the scenario knew it. He is ordained to life. Lydia was ordained to life. Everybody that has been elect of God is ordained to life. You know how many is going to be lost? Zero. Not one. They're going to be found. Whether you're in this auditorium in a worship center or in our extended office audience around the globe, the Lord knows where the elect are. Every solitary single one of them. 
You may be listening to this broadcast and you're in a third world country somewhere. The Lord knows where you're sitting. He knows what you're wearing. He knows where you are spiritually. If you're a elect child of his and you've not been redeemed yet, you're going to be. He's not going to lose one of his sheep because he's already given them to Jesus. And they're going to come. All of you are going to come to Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. So there's a divinely appointed response. It's just going to happen that way. This child's coming to Christ. There's going to be that response. Verse 37, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Right confession. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. Everyone that calls upon the Lord, none of them will be ashamed. So as they went along the road, they came to some water, likely a wadi, which is a dry creek bed that only fills up after heavy rains during the rainy season. But look at this excitement. Look, water. What prevents me from being baptized? By the way, if sprinkling was the proper mode of baptism, Philip could have baptized him out of a canteen. Right. But there was water. Here's water. What prevents me from being baptized right now? He ordered a chariot to stop. Both of them went down into the water. Philip baptized the Ethiopian unit. And the entourage is watching. They heard the reading of the prophet Isaiah. They heard the preaching of the gospel. They heard the Ethiopian eunuch's confession of faith. They witnessed his baptism and had the rest of the trip home to see the difference that Jesus makes. At a redeemed life. The eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Philip was caught out of there back to Azotus. And here he is headed south now. An elect redeemed soul. And legend has it. That the last time that eunuch's chariot was seen as a big sign on the back said, Honk, if you love Jesus. <laughs> I'm fooling with you. What about Philip? Well, he had run down there, right? But now he's got a first flight ticket back. First class back. He was caught away. Verse 39. That word caught away is the same word, Greek word translated forth. In Thessalonians 4.17, speaking of the rapture of the church, he was caught away, found himself as a Can you imagine the experience of Philip? <laughs> Whoa. He's still probably dripping wet. <laughs> Don't you love the Lord and his word? This is the most exciting book on the planet to be read. <laughs> Here I am. Now what, Lord? He's 25 miles north of Gaza now. Same city as Ashdod, which was the ancient Philistine capital. And what did he do? Same thing he'd been doing. Passed through, kept on preaching all the way to Caesarea. So there's a divine encounter. Planned in heaven. Taking place on earth. And the question to all of us here and around the, to the internet audience have we had that first divine encounter 
where we came to Christ in saving faith. And then the second question would be, if we are certain we've had that divine encounter and we are without question, we know the spirit of God has borne witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Are we having those nudges of the Holy Spirit as we go along through life's journey? Because you see, the Lord saved us for a purpose. To perfect us, certainly the character of the Lord Jesus. But the process of that in us is to bring glory unto himself. So, they believed the gospel. They believed the gospel in Samaria. All the way probably back up through Caesarea. Probably a lot of them believed the gospel and were baptized. And it's still happening today all around the globe. And sometimes you share the gospel with someone. And they'll say, well, you know, I just believe there's more to it than that. You know what? They're right. It is more to it than that. You know what they're, what they're telling you? The Lord hasn't gripped him just yet. They haven't been regenerated just yet. And they may never be. They may never be. But you've had these encounters, surely I have. When all of a sudden you just feel led to talk to this person or you just happen to happen to bump into a person and it is one of those encounters you share the gospel and they respond maybe right on the spot maybe later but they come to Jesus as a witness I remember I was in an auditorium in Dallas I think it was the, one of the big stadiums up here or whatever big evangelistic conference as a big gal big tall woman got up and gave her testimony. Her name was Iris Blue. This is decades and decades ago. Iris was a prostitute in Houston, Texas. And she gave her testimony. And it was a guy down on the street corner sharing the gospel, telling people about Jesus. And Iris said, I listened to him. I watched him. And I kept listening and watching. And I began to talk to her. And she said, ladies and gentlemen, I knelt on that pavement at the corner and she named the street. I can't remember. As a prostitute. And I stood up as a princess. Why? Why? Because before the foundation of the earth, the Lord chose. Son, this one is yours. And now, and I mean, she was giving her testimony all over the country, you know, big gatherings. Isn't that a marvelous thing to know that our, our individual selves, as fleshly and as carnal and as finite as we could be, at our natural estate, that the Lord chose you and you and you to belong to his son. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the elect are going to call. Let's pray together. The Lord, we love you. 
Lord, we love your word. 